This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, A People's History premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm no anchor man, I'm an anchor god. (laughs) Bill Curtis. And here is your host at the Studebaker Theater at the Fine Arts Building in Chicago, Illinois. Filling in for Peter Sagal, it's Karen Chi. babysitter your parents hired. (laughs) With me, you can stay up late and eat as much candy as you want. (laughs) I'm just kidding, you have to play a news quiz. (laughs) Later on, actor Randall Park will be joining us. You loved him in Always Be My Maybe and as Asian Jim on The Office. (laughs) He'll tell us all about the new movie he's directed, Shortcomings. But now, it's your turn to give us a call. The number is 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. And now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, thanks for having me. This is Alexander Hutton from Arlington, Virginia. Alexander, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Alexander, what do you do in Arlington, Virginia? Uh, I work as an estimator for an electrical distribution company for major projects. Um, I spend all day throwing numbers at things. <laughs> Whoa, that kind of sounds like Sesame Street. <laughs> okay, great. Um, Alexander, welcome, and I want to introduce you to our panel. First, she's a comedian headlining the DC Comedy Loft in Washington, DC, August 3rd through the 5th. It's Zainab Johnson! <laughs> Next, he's a stand-up comedian who will also be performing in Washington, D.C. on August 6th, and at Zany's in Nashville on August 8th, it's Josh Gondelman! And he's a dust-covered humorist and founder of Hatch Space Woodworking School and Community Workshop in Brattleboro, Vermont, it's Tom Baudet! Hey, Alex. Hey, Tom. Welcome to the show, Alexander. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis will read you three quotes from this week's news. If you get two of them, you'll win our prize, which is any voice from our show you choose on your voicemail. For example, Bill's voice. And if he's not available, I'll do my best Bill impression for you. (laughs) It sounds like this. Hello! (laughs) Are there there two Bills over there? (laughs) I crushed it. Okay, Alexander, are you ready to play? Indeed I am. All right, here's your first quote. We're not bringing little green men into the hearing. That was Representative Tim Burchett opening up a congressional hearing about what this week? The congressional hearing into the UFO program. That's correct! This week, a government whistleblower testified under oath that we have UFOs and alien bodies. This is huge, because specifically the whistleblower said they found, quote, biologics of, quote, non-human origin, which means either it's very scary or it's like a chipmunk. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, like, remember the the Soviet space dog that just, like, disappeared? (laughs) 
Like they sent a dog into space? And they did, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it, it famously didn't come back. <laughs> Is that the <laughs> Until <Soviet> now. <laughs> I don't know why the government hadn't told us about this before, right? It's like nice to get good news from the government. Like, hey, we, we're, you're not giving you health care. We're at war, but aliens are real, and we're going to let you touch one. Right. <laughs> I like that you think it's a good thing. That's very positive. <laughs> I think it's like we haven't suffered any ill effects yet that I know of. No, that's true. That's true. I guess it's just weird because biologics is a tricky term to understand. Uh, it kind of sounds like they went into a UFO, shined a black light, and were like, ew, what is he yeah. doing? Yeah. What's been going on <laughs> yeah. in here? I keep laughing nervously because I'm worried there's an alien in here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how, you know, for years, there, every time you checked into a website, you had to tell them if you were a robot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, that's still happening. Well, I don't see it as often anymore. I think they finally got us mapped out, you know? It's like, <laughs> I, would, I would just leave because it's just like, are you a robot? It's like, what's the right answer, you know? It's like, who's asking? <laughs> you know? But it's always the most non-secure sites. Like, I'm just trying to order my Starbucks. It doesn't matter. Right. Let a robot have the coffee if the robot <laughs> yeah. Wants the coffee so bad. <laughs> All right, Alexander, here's your next quote. We must bid adieu to the bird. Elon Musk was announcing that in his final act as CEO, he would be changing the name of Twitter to what? Uh, the letter X. That's correct. <laughs> yes, that's right. Elon Musk changed the name of Twitter to X, and it's now official. X marks the spot where Twitter went bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> The good news is that it's a perfect excuse for all perverts at work. (laughs) They're like, I swear, I wasn't trying to look at this website. (laughs) I was just trying to go to Twitter three times in a row. (laughs) I think it's false advertising. Calling it X implies that there's going to be skateboarding there. One of the weirdest things is that it's called X because Musk has said repeatedly that that's his favorite letter. Like any normal grown-up man says. Right. I, I, have you ever been asked that? What's what my your, favorite letter? What's your favorite letter? Um, no, because I look like an adult. <laughs> right. That is. I know. What would make you come up with an answer to that is what I'm wondering. If someone asked you that on a first date, you'd be like, wait a minute, you're four toddlers in a coat, right? Yes. <laughs> we can't date. This is wrong. <laughs> what do you do? What's your favorite letter? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's your last quote. What about people who struggle with time blindness? That was someone on TikTok promoting the term time blindness as a new excuse to explain why you're always what? Late? Yes, that's correct. (laughs) Time blindness is a term that's apparently used by therapists to explain why some people just can't show up on time. And now it's your perfect excuse. But also, if you're unsure if you're a sufferer of time blindness, you might be able to figure it out because one symptom is always showing up 15 minutes late with an iced coffee in your hand. <laughs> I, uh, I live with a person, I won't, won't say you, it's this <laughs> lovely person. I've raised three children with her. Um. <laughs> Tom, I just want to say, if it's not your wife, this is very concerning. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> And I think, you know, she suffers from the heartbreak of time blindness, Um, it it seems. I didn't have a term for it before. Um, I know, though, that it takes her 40 minutes to leave. It doesn't matter if we're leaving to go dig in the garden or if we're leaving 
to go to a formal ball. It's 40 minutes. <laughs> and, and it's always 20 minutes before we have to leave that she goes upstairs and starts the process. <laughs> this is like this is a known known. Like, is that is that's time blindness, right? That's like the definition because yeah. she's very competent um, in all other ways. She is, uh, I would say, normal. Okay, let's not get too steamy on the radio. This is NPR. <laughs> you and your normal wife. I like I like adding blindness to the end of something. Like on a date, I get money blindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Oh, I forgot my wallet. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know who you know who I bet doesn't love this phrase is people who uh, live with blindness blindness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're always late? How about you try looking at a clock? Uh, <laughs> Bill, how did Alexander do? You know, Alexander's very good, starts the day off right with a perfect score. Okay, panel, now it's time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Tom, new experiments reveal the most dangerous thing you can bring into your home is what? Um, a 14-year-old boy. Uh, what, what is the 14-year-old boy wearing? Oh, that sounded so bad. That's not, that's not what I meant. Karen, save it for x.com. <laughs> Tom, I'm going to give you a hint. <laughs> This is why Mr. Rogers always took his off first thing. Oh, uh, uh, a microbe-absorbing sweater? <laughs> no. Oh, um, it's your shoes. Oh, germ uh, magnet. Yes, yes, yes. Shoes. Yeah. Oh, um, right. He took his shoes off, too. Yeah, and he swapped them for indoor shoes like a good Asian-American icon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> If you are one of the psychos that actually wears your shoes inside, we have terrible news. A swab test revealed that they track in an alarming amount of bacteria, and surprise, most of it is from dog poop. Who would have thought that the thing we wear to keep our feet off the public bathroom's floor would be gross? (laughs) The researchers encouraged home shoe wearers to clean their floors frequently or try and switch to slippers. And they also encouraged people who do take their shoes off inside to, quote, never invite those other people over. (laughs) Look, I have... I have a 16-year-old pug at home, and not to be too gross, but we have an extremely efficient way of getting dog poop inside our house. <laughs> you don't even need to wear shoes. <laughs> it's going to happen. You get a dog with a 16-year-old butt. <laughs> right. So to, en- so to encourage people, I have a basket of clean socks by the door. Oh. So really? that people, f- in a bench, so that when people come in, I mean, I never have people over, but if they ever do come, <laughs> there's something there for them. But I, I always feel weird about the people who are like, I brought, I brought my own slippers. I'm like, mm. I don't know those slippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could have worn them outside or in Josh's house. <laughs> I feel like, Josh, the trick for you would be to wear shoes indoors, but not outdoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get the streets of New York all gross with the inside of my house. <laughs> 
panelists fight for their rights. It's Bluff the Listener. Call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to play. We'll be right back with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Easy Cater, committed to helping companies solve food. From employee meal plans to on-site staffing to concierge ordering support. With corporate accounts, nationwide restaurant coverage, and payment by invoice. EasyCater.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox, helping people discover a world of British TV, including new original drama Time, starring Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, and Bella Ramsey. Streaming at BritBox.com NPR. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Zenab Johnson, Josh Gondelman, and Tom Bodette. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois. Filling in for Peter Sagal, it's Karen Chi. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to play our game on air. Hey, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, my name is Caroline Riley, and I'm calling from Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. Caroline, hello, welcome. What are you up to in Coopersburg? Um, I'm currently a student at Penn State University, majoring in biomedical engineering. Oh my gosh. Caroline, we're all cheering for you because we're hoping you'll save this world for us. Uh, uh, I hope so. <laughs> hey, it's great to have you with us. Uh, you're here to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. What's the topic, Bill? We're not going to take it. We all reach a breaking point when we feel passionate about an injustice and take a stand. Unless, of course, the thing you're passionate about is sitting. <laughs> That's for my dad. Okay. <laughs> Our panelists are going to tell you three stories about people standing up for what's right. So pick the one who's telling the truth and you'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Yep. Nice. Okay. First up, it's Tom Bodette. To tip or not to tip? That is a question that comes up far too often in these days of touchscreen tipping prompts at every turn. For Dan Tyler of Syracuse, New York, it became a question of his constitutional rights. I have a right to the pursuit of happiness, said Mr. Tyler, while collecting signatures in Albany for a petition to ban tipping screens at cash registers. These things make me very unhappy, particularly when the options are 25, 30, and 35 percent for crying out loud. Taylor Millsaw, who stood nearby holding a sign that read, here's a tip, freedom, (laughs) chimed in. (laughs) When you get the bill, that should be the cost. Nobody threw in 20% on the bill of rights. (laughs) When asked to comment on the merits of the petition, Syracuse University law professor Chris Nichols passed a swallow of mocha chai through her nose and said... The Constitution does not protect us from awkward personal decisions. Tip, don't tip, it's a free country, plus 15%, apparently. (laughs) 
Caroline, your next story of someone gripping their ground comes from Zainab Johnson. After boarding his United flight from Newark to San Diego, passenger Romello Henley Jr. helped others get their bags into the overhead bins, showed people their underseat outlets, and even made sure a small child's seatbelt was fastened while the child's mother put a The Rock for President sweater on her other child. Finally, Romello sat down and promptly fell asleep. Three hours later, he awoke and encountered the greatest injustice any of us will ever face. The snacks and drinks had been served while he was out cold. <laughs> A plea to the flight attendant went unanswered, but the many passengers he had helped saw his plight, and the revolution began. They began chanting, no pretzels, no peace, and... <laughs> Romello wants a Coke Zero. <laughs> and finally, the people on United will never be defeated. <laughs> a few minutes later, a smiling flight attendant walked down the aisle to deliver snacks to Romello. Everyone cheered. The flight landed safely in San Diego, and United changed their policy to leave snacks in the seat backs of sleeping passengers from now on. That was a sleepy, snackless passenger from Zainab Johnson. And your last story of an admirable advocate comes from Josh Gondelman. Pickleball, or as New Englanders call it, wicked big ping pong, <laughs> has been gaining popularity across North America for several years. But Rajneesh and Harpreet Dawan of Chilliwack, British Columbia, are not feeling any love for this game of baby-sized pseudo-tennis for the elderly. Their hatred runs so deep that they swore off pickles and all food entirely, declaring a hunger strike until the city removes their neighborhood's pickleball court. The Dewans say that noise from the recently installed playing field has rendered their house uninhabitable. Inspired by the activism of Mahatma Gandhi, the Dewans decided to abstain from food to protest this literal racket, which is exactly what Gandhi meant when he said to be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> Harpreet's fast lasted one day, and her husband gave up after 50 hours, which was a sensible decision. No one needs to die a martyr protesting something that's almost a sport. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Caroline, you've got Tom's resentful tipper, Zainab's snackless passenger, and Josh's pickleball protester. Which one do you think is real? Um, I think I'll go with the last one. All right, to find out the correct answer, we talked to someone familiar with the real story. So pickleball is definitely louder than other racket sports, and people hit the ball more frequently as well. That was Anna Bright, professional pickleball player at the Major League Pickleball, which exists? <laughs> Yay, Caroline, you got it right! Congratulations, you've earned a point for Josh, and you've won our prize, the voice of your choice, on your voicemail. Thank you so much for playing with us today. Yes, thank you for having me. And now, the game where a very talented guest comes on the show, and I try to keep my cool. <laughs> Randall Park is an award-winning actor best known for his roles in Fresh Off the Boat, Always Be My Maybe, and perhaps most iconically, as Asian Jim on The Office. He's also famous at my house because of the time my dad said, I think Randall Park is my celebrity doppelganger. <laughs> to which my mom genuinely replied, but Randall is handsome? <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Welcome to the show, actor and now director of the new film Shortcomings, Randall Park. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. 
Oh man, Randall, I loved you in your rom-com Always Be My Maybe, which is, it was just like an instant classic, and it was starring you and Ali oh. Wong. Um, and for people who didn't know, uh, Ali's character picks you over Keanu Reeves. And yeah. I, I was just wondering, if Keanu showed up at your door and declared his love for your wife, do you think she would pick you too? Um, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think she would pick me. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It would be tougher. It would be tough for her. But, uh, but yeah, I think she'd pick me. Oh, man. I'm sorry I started off with such a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> she loves Keanu Reeves. <laughs> she loves Keanu Reeves. So, yeah, that's why, that's why it's, uh, you know, We're a little gonna... sore spot for me. <laughs> Um, but Randall, how are you doing? I'm good. It's so nice to hear your voice, Karen. I haven't talked to you in a while. So excited to be here. I know. Thank you so much for catching up with me on National Public Radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so nice. Where are you calling in from right now? Um, you know, ironically, I'm calling in from San Francisco. I'm at the Fairmont Hotel where we shot a lot of those Keanu Reeves scenes for Always Be My Navy. So it's, it's really taking me back. Oh, man. To a painful time. <laughs> so your new movie is Shortcomings. As we know, you've acted in so many things before, but this is your first time working as a director. Um, so when you were acting, were there moments where you were like, if I was behind the camera, I would do this differently? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that, but definitely getting a lot of inspiration from different directors. And, and I, guess, I guess like one of the advantages of being an actor who wants to direct one day is that you get to work with so many different directors. You get to absorb so many different styles of directing. And, and uh, uh, so, yeah, I felt, uh, I guess, uh, well prepared in that sense. I have a question, which is that you are such a funny and charming actor that we discussed this at the office today. Uh, when you show up on screen, everybody just knows that scene is going to be great. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but hold on, there's a question. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you think that is also true in real life? <laughs> That when I show up, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. That, that everybody feels uh, that way? I don't know. What do you think? I've known you for a while. Oh, I always think it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Did that sound convincing? Yeah, you, yeah I don't know. You, Karen, you said that with the confidence of, my wife would definitely choose me over Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Randall, you've played so many beloved characters on TV and in film, and we wanted to know, when you're out in public, which character are you most recognized for? Oh, gosh. I, it's, it's really tough to say, because it's, it's always a bunch of different things, you know? It's, I mean, Asian Jim is definitely a big one, but then I also get recognized for playing Kim Jong-un <laughs> a lot, which I don't know if that's a good thing, but... <laughs> get recognized for that and then and then fresh off the boat of course so when people see you in public and they yell out either asian jim or kim jong-un or fresh off the boat is there any part of you that's like is this just a racist man (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know initially when 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 folks would yell asian jim uh, it had been 
<laughs> it had been a long time since I had, you know, I, I had shot it like so many years before and it aired and many years later I'm walking down the street and someone yells Asian Jim and I totally thought it was a racial incident. <laughs> uh, but it, but it, what happened was it, it just kind of caught fire on the internet and, and uh, uh, so many years later and, and uh, you know, I, w- I would hear Asian Jim and I was like, oh, okay, that's where it's from. <laughs> so it's actually like a, a term of endearment. That's <laughs> Randall, this year you did something really cool, which is that you gave the commencement address for UCLA's graduating class. Which I did. Yeah. I did. Yes, that was so fun. It was uh, incredible. It's such a good speech. And in it, you described uh, yourself as a, quote, international sex symbol. Oh, uh, well, that was a joke. <laughs> but my question for that was, which countries around the world do you think are horniest for you? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. Well, where's your mom know. right now, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> the good old USA. <laughs> and it's, that's also where you graduated from. I did graduate from UCLA, yeah. So it, it was really an honor. And yeah. you still live in LA, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have not uh, uh, moved much in my life at all. I've pretty much stayed in LA. That's super cool. We read online, would you mind confirming this for us? We read online that you grew up in LA and your dad ran a souvenir shop. Is that shop still open? He didn't run a, yeah, he, he worked at a souvenir shop on Hollywood Boulevard for many years. Uh, uh, and yeah, that souvenir shop is still there. Do you think they sell memorabilia of you? No, because I've gone in there, and uh, I look every time, and uh, and one time, I swear, I put a photo of myself on the postcard rack. Wait, you just put, like, like a four-by-six picture of yourself? Yeah, I just, like, had a photo, and I was like, I'm going to put myself on this rack. Because uh, I deserve to be on this rack with Brad Pitt and The Rock and Julia Roberts. Yes. And I, I put a photo. No. On it. Yeah. That makes sense because they're all actors, but you, my friend, are a director. <laughs> That's right. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Well, Randall, I could talk to you forever, but we've asked you here to play a game that we're calling Randall Park. Meet Randall Park Mall. I don't know if you know this, but if you search for you on Wikipedia, Wikipedia's yeah. first response is, for the demolished shopping mall, see Randall Park Mall. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you know that? I, yes, I do know this, uh, because I've Googled myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great, because that's what this quiz is about. Okay. We're, we're going to ask you three questions about the mall, once known as the largest abandoned mall in America. Answer two of these three questions right, and you'll win our prize for a lucky listener. Bill, who is Randall Park playing for? Karen Murray of Los Angeles, California. Okay, here's your first question. The Randall Park Mall opened in 1976 outside Cleveland and closed in 2009. Among the signs that the mall was in trouble were one of these. A... The mall's Easter Bunny got into a fist fight in the middle of the mall. (laughs) B, one of Santa's elves got into a fist fight in the middle of the mall. (laughs) Or C, both the Easter Bunny and the elf got in fist fights in the middle of the mall. 
Oh, wow. Uh, I was hoping for a non-fist fight option. Uh, okay. Uh, I would say the Christmas elf. Um, do you want to try again? <laughs> I would say the Easter bunny. Okay. I'm going to give you one more try. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Wait. I would say the bunny and the elf. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, Randall, here's your next question. During its peak, the Randall Park Mall inspired creativity in others, like which of these? A, Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was opened after the founder was disgusted by all the soft rock elevator music playing over the Randall Park Mall's loudspeakers. B, the inventor of the steering wheel lock, the club, decided to invent it after his father-in-law's car was stolen from the Randall Park Mall parking lot. Or C, you yourself are named after the Randall Park Mall. (laughs) Um, I think it's the club. Yes, that's correct. Yes. The answer is B, and it's unclear if the inventor of the club used his profits to buy his father-in-law a new car. (laughs) Okay, here's your last question. The Randall Park Mall was one of the premier shopping attractions of the 80s, and anyone traveling there knew that they were almost at their destination when what happened? A, they started smelling horse manure in the air. B, the air started to get thick from all the perfume samples sprayed at the JCPenney. Or C, you could see a huge line of Santa's elves all on their smoke break. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's the horse manure. You're correct! <laughs> the mall was located just south of Thistledown Stable, so the smell of manure meant you were this close to shopping at Sears. <laughs> Bill, how did Randall do on our quiz? He joined the rare group of people who get it all right. Randall? <laughs> yes. Congratulations to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Randall Park is a quadruple threat, an actor, comedian, writer, and director, and you can now see his directorial debut shortcomings starting August 4th. Randall, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Aw, thank you for having me, Karen, and thank you, Dan. So great talking to you guys. Thanks, Randall. In just a minute, Bill ruins your favorite candy in the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to join us on air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Stearns & Foster. To Stearns & Foster, your comfort is their everything. So they've made a mattress that's irresistible inside and out. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted. Every stitch, every layer uses the finest materials like indulgent memory foam and ultra-conforming IntelliCoils for the coziness you want with the support you need. Timeless quality for your most comfortable sleep. Stearns & Foster, what comfort should be. More at StearnsAndFoster.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Grammarly. 96% of users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. 
Save time with one click and go from editing drafts in hours to seconds. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions to help your team make their point and move faster. Make a bigger impact at work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. On, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Tom Bodette. Zainab Johnson and Josh Gundelman. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, filling in for Peter Sagal, it's Karen Chi. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill tries to tame the beast that is the rhinoceros. <laughs> if you'd like to play, give us a call at 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. But right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Josh, a new study has documented a new threat facing married couples. It's oh, called no. fubbing, which is when people ignore their spouses in favor of what? Fubbing. Can you give me a hint? Yeah, um, oh, hang on. I just got a text. Okay, this is what I thought it was. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's when people ignore their spouses in favor of their phone? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Fubbing is snubbing your partner in favor of your phone. And according to a survey of 700 married couples, ignoring your partner so you can watch TikTok is not great for your relationship. (laughs) What if you look at your phone, but it's just your spouse's TikTok? Is that... Oh, that's kind of romantic. Yeah. Yeah. So your spouse can communicate with you via TikTok. Just dancing like, let's go to bed. Zainab, according to the Wall Street Journal this week, the job most women want is one that allows them to be what? Uh, uh, to be home doing the job. Oh, really close. A hint is um, maybe Staples will sell a hammock or a beanbag for the office? Oh, a job that allows them to take a nap? Yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay. <laughs> the answer is lazy. Oh. <laughs> Goodbye, girl boss, and hello, lazy girl. Oh, wow. That's right. Job hunters just want what are officially called lazy girl jobs. That's anything that pays, quote, enough to afford the basic comforts of young adult life, yet not enough to feel compelled to work overtime. If you've got that on your resume and time blindness... Yeah, yeah. ...kind of explains the worker shortage. (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't realize I, I, I'm a lazy girl. <laughs> you are, and you should make that your official bio. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently jobs like digital marketing associate and customer success manager will help sustain the lazy girl lifestyle. It's really any job where if someone tells you that's what they do, you're like, okay, cool, no further questions. <laughs> I really did have another question about customer success, whatever you mm. said. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Is there anybody in here? No, they're probably all home laying down. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, a big Star Trek fan, is making a massive scale model of the USS Enterprise. When it's finished, it will be 40 feet long and 11 feet high. He's documenting his progress on YouTube, but facing some criticism due to his decision to include what on his version of the ship? Ooh. This, until you asked the question, it just sounded like you were telling me something you thought I'd be interested in knowing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I have a hint, please? Yes, the hint is if each one of them was a half bath, there would be 2,000. Oh, what, there are 1,000 toilets? That's correct! (laughs) Wow. A common joke among Star Trek fans is that Captain Kirk never used the bathroom. But creator of this, Mike Nevitt, doesn't think it's funny. He's making sure that the crew on his Enterprise have all the toilets they need, and it turns out they need 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> and do they, are they like airplane toilets, or they, do they make that vacuum-sucking sound, I wonder? I mean, or is, is it like Dave Matthews' tour bus, and they just open the toilets in Chicago? Oh. <laughs> This whole room knows. Oh. Don't even mention Dave Matthews' toilets in front of us. But why a thousand? Are they using the bathroom at the same time? That's such a good question. We have no idea. We've speculated that in his defense, it might be the right amount because maybe some of the aliens on board have like two and a half butts. How many crew are there? This is okay. A lot of people think that a thousand toilets is overkill because apparently on the show Star Trek, they said multiple times that the Enterprise only has 430 people on there, so that's two and a half toilets per crew member, which means, you know, with this monumental model, you can truly go where no man has gone before. It's lightning, fill in the blank. But first, it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. You catch us most weeks right here at the Studebaker Theater in downtown Chicago, or come see us on the road. We'll be at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles on September 28th, and the Wait Wait stand-up tour is coming to St. Paul, Minnesota on August 18th, and Kansas City on August 19th with more dates coming soon. You can find info and tickets for all these shows at nprpresents.org. It is personally my favorite website on the entire internet. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hello. My name is Callie, and uh, I hail from Ventura Land. Oh my gosh, Callie, hello. You're in the land of the Beach Boys. I am indeed. Congratulations. The one or so that's left. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's still great. (laughs) Yeah, they're still hanging on. Well, welcome to the show, Callie. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with the last part missing. If you can fill in the missing part on two limericks, you're a winner. So here's your first limerick. 
When you think it is cookie o'clock, your teeth may be in for some shocks. Our new double chunk won't get soft when you dunk, because the cookies we sold contain... Chalk? Oh no, it's rocks! Oh, I'm bad so news. sorry. Um, Trader Joe's announced that they're recalling their almond windmill cookies and dark chocolate crunch cookies after they were found to contain rocks. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so one kid in the third grade has a rock allergy, and now none of us get to have these. <laughs> I bet they're crunchy. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That is a perk. <laughs> yeah. All right, Callie, here's your next limerick. As we're facing the hottest days yet, our machines are assessing the threat. The skill they've acquired is how to perspire. Our robots have learned how to... Sweat? Yes! yes. Yeah. Oh, look at the Wow. I, um... I've never feared being replaced by a robot until I heard that they could sweat. And then I was like, oh no, they can do all the stuff I do. (laughs) I will say, so the company has made specifically a robot, it's named Andy, and he sweats not just from condensation, but just like we do. Oh my God, I said he, it, it sweats. (laughs) Andy sweats just like we do with a sophisticated network of sensors and artificial pores. And the only difference is that Andy doesn't need to worry about the aluminum in his deodorant because he is made entirely of aluminum. <laughs> Did he get robot acne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Um, that was a terrible question. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, as the host, I have to objectively be polite. <laughs> All right, Callie, here's your last limerick. There's a new kind of skittles, I just heard, but they're leaving my taste buds all flustered. It's yellow and spicy. It's really not nicey. This candy is flavored like... Mustard. Yes. That's correct. Mm-hmm. You can now taste the German rainbow with new mustard-flavored Skittles. Skittles and French's have teamed up to release a limited edition line of Skittles that taste like savory mustard. I guess because they were like, uh, we're Skittles and you're French's, what else are we going to do? <laughs> This is truly perfect for that one weirdo who's looked at the crusty bits of mustard dried out on the nozzle and was like, oh, uh, more of that, please. <laughs> it, it does sound gross, but it goes so well with the new pastrami M&M's. It's so good. <laughs> Bill, how did Callie do? Callie got two right, and that's enough for the win. Woo! so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye, Bye, Kelly. Bye, guys. Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Voices that resonate. (laughs) Stories that change the way you think about your life. How, how did we get here? The Embedded Podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Big news stories don't always break on your schedule. But with the NPR app, news, culture, and podcasts are ready when you want them. In your pocket. Download the NPR app today. Okay, close your eyes for a second. 
Now imagine you're on your dream vacation. No work calls to answer, no text messages to respond to, just your suitcase and an opportunity. The opportunity to just take yourself out of your routine and travel deeper. How to actually take that dream trip. That's on the Life Kit Podcast from NPR. Instead of scrolling mindlessly, engage mindfully with the NPR app. With a mix of on-demand news, stories from this station, and your favorite podcast, you can relax without shutting off your brain. Download the NPR app today. And now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer is worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Zainab has one, Tom has two, and Josh is in the lead with three. Okay, Zainab, you're up first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, a judge said he was unable to accept Blank's plea deal. Hunter Biden? Right. Rising an average of four cents per gallon, national Blank prices had their biggest jump of the year. Guess? Right. This week, a new study from Curbed showed that you'll probably be okay if you drink Blank. Water? Yes, Milk? No, that's Spring right. water? The water that drips from the ceiling of the subway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> on Wednesday, experts warned that popular weight loss drug blank may cause stomach paralysis. Popular weight loss drug. Ooh. Uh, mm. huh. Coke. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... She's not wrong. Uh. <laughs> It's Ozempic. <laughs> According to box office reports, blank and blank led to the biggest opening weekend of the pandemic era. Barbenheimer. Right. <laughs> a woman in Brooklyn has become a media sensation after blanking for 49 days and counting. Blanking for 49 days and counting. Orgasming. <laughs> <laughs> She's been giving out endless bowls of the same stew for 49 days. Stew in this heat wave? Wow. Yes. This hipster Streganona has been keeping the same vegan stew going for weeks, sharing it with people who bring fresh ingredients. She calls it, quote, the perpetual stew, which sounds cute until, Zainab, as you mentioned, you remember that's 90 degrees and humid in New York. Bill, how did Zainab do? Uh, pretty good. She moved into the lead with nine, having four right and racking up eight more points. Okay, Josh, you're up next. Great. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, researchers warned that an Atlantic current system could collapse as the effects of blank worsen. Uh, global warming? Uh, correct. Cl- climate change. After seeming to freeze during a press conference, Senate Minority Leader Blank said he was just fine on Wednesday. Mitch McConnell. Right. This week, a federal judge blocked President Biden's restrictions on people seeking blank. Asylum? Right. On Wednesday, over 19,000 tourists had to flee their hotels as a blank blazed on an island in Greece. I'm sorry, blazing on an island, it sounds like a reason tourists to stay there. Um, a, a, a fire? Right. After suffering cardiac arrest during practice, it was reported that Bronny James, the son of NBA great blank, was in stable condition. LeBron James. Right. Following a power outage at Mission Control, NASA briefly lost contact with the blank. International Space Station? Right. This week, a doctor announced a breakthrough therapy that could help restore vision to thousands. All they have to do is blank. Open their eyes. <laughs> they, were, they were suffering from sleep blindness. <laughs> the answer is give their eyes herpes. <laughs> In 
what might be the perfect example of a doctor saying, hey, I've got good news and I've got bad news. <laughs> Some types of blindness can be cured by eye drops containing the herpes virus. The treatment costs around $600,000, which is ridiculous because I know a skeevy guy who'll give you butterfly kisses for half the price. <laughs> Josh do? He was not only funny, he racked up some <laughs> points. Six right, 12 more, 15 puts him in the lead. Whoa! And Bill, how many does Tom need to win? Seven to win. Okay, Tom, so this is for the game. Fill in the blank. During a closed-door meeting, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy raised the possibility of blanking President Biden. Impeach him. Right. Despite escalating protests, the parliament in blank approved a controversial judicial overhaul on Monday. Israel. Right. According to a new report, taking a low daily dose of blank does nothing to prevent strokes. Um, aspirin. Right. In its latest attack on women's rights, the Taliban forced all beauty salons in blank to close down. Um, Kabul. Yeah, Afghanistan, right. After the catering equipment broke on a flight from London to Turks and Caicos, a British Airways flight blanked. Turned around. Uh, they landed in the Bahamas so they could buy everybody KFC. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, Danish cyclist Jonas Vingegaard won his second straight blank. The um, Tour de France. Right. This week, a man in Colorado who injured his leg in a skateboarding accident was surprised to see his ER doctor blanking. Skateboarding. No, watching a YouTube video on how to fix a leg. <laughs> oh, wow. Skateboarding would have been better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy gets my plight. <laughs> right. The man needed his ankle wrapped, which is not a complicated procedure, so he was surprised when he looked through the gap in the curtain and saw his doctor sitting at a computer watching a YouTube video on how to wrap a leg. Bill, did Tom do well enough to win? Five right, ten more points, but the 12 is short of the winner, Josh. All right, I'll take it. Congratulations. How do you feel? I feel outstanding. Thank you for asking. Coming up, our panelists predict what'll be the big revelation at the next big UFO hearing. But first, let me tell you that... Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our tour manager is Shana Donald. Thanks to the staff and crew at the Studebaker Theater. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Special thanks to Diana Ortiz and Monica Hickey. Our non-human biologic is Peter Gwynn. <laughs> Our vibe curator is Emma Choi. Technical direction, Lorna White. Our CFO is Colin Miller. Production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. The executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, who fell on the ice once and it was hilarious, is Mike Danforth. <laughs> I'm Guarantee, and if you like the show, let me know. And if you didn't, please email your criticism to peter.sagel at rocketmail.com. <laughs> now, panel, what will be the next big UFO revelation? Josh Gondelman. 90s astronomers got it all wrong. Men are from Venus, women are from Mars. <laughs> Zainab. We keep cloning the wrong person. No more hunters, more Kiki. <laughs> and Tom? Uh, further analysis shows the non-human biologics belong to a Buzz Lightyear action figure strapped to a weather balloon. But <laughs> <laughs> well, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thank you also to Tom Burnett, Josh Gondelman, and Zainab Johnson. And thanks to all of you for listening.
This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Your business faces specific challenges and unique opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, custom tailored to your short and long term goals. Backed by the expertise, strategy, and resources of a top 10 commercial bank, a dedicated team works with you to support your success and help achieve your goals. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.comslash commercial. This message comes from NPR sponsor MassMutual. The Financial Educators Council says 39% of Americans don't have someone to go to for financial advice, but you can plan for the short and long term with someone backed by 170 years of financial expertise at MassMutual.com. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go there's a host, a guest, and a light QA. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR.